At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Morning all, Q&A time again. Um, right, what we're gonna say today. Uh, right, firstly, should go okay. I've got a new phone, uh, because I dropped the other one and smashed it. They are not dear, these things. It's not a phone anymore. I've, I've got to tell myself, Peter, it's not a phone anymore. It is now a computer in your pocket. And I said to myself, the next time I upgrade, I'm not gonna buy one of these fancy, flash, trendy phones. Just get myself something basic, that way it doesn't matter so much if you drop it, sure it'll be fine. And sure enough, I after breaking my S21 Ultra, I went for the top of the range Samsung Z3 Fold. <laughs> my wife just looks at me going, how much? But having said that, it, it's brilliant, it is. But I'm sure it'll work fine. I'm gonna bang a video out, just like initial reactions. I wanna show you how it works, because you can do this, open, it opens up. It's not a phone, it's not a tablet, it's a phablet. That's just rubbish, whoever came up with that. But anyway, I'm going to show you how it works, because it's blinding, because you can have two apps next to each other, and I've, I've had to buy a new cradle for the L'Oreal. I'm pimping my ride at the moment. Yeah, man. Where that came from, I don't know. Um, but anyhow, we'll get off that subject. Secondly, uh, thanks very much for all your comments, because we did a video, and I kind of thought it might go this way, on Euro 5, Euro 6. And part of the comments on it, brilliant, both sides, really, and things I hadn't thought of and things to weigh up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to split Sunday Q&A into two this week. I'm going to do your normal stuff here, so you will get to miscellaneous quicker, for those of you that want to force all of that, that's blind of you. Um, and I'm going to do one dedicated just to Euro 5, Euro 6, because... That way I can link the two videos together, and it means that anybody who's thinking, oh, do I want to go Euro 5, do I want to go Euro 6, you make some good points, but you can go, I can go like this, is what everybody else thinks. So that's what we're going to do. So um, so we're going to go straight into it today. Um, uh -huh. uh, an introduction, I like this, from Mad Maestro, who's actually done the criteria for being a courier driver. You know, like 10 points. Oh, there was one in my book. But it was from Bob Hoskins, 10, 10 Things You Want to Know in Life. It's fantastic. You can Google it, or you can buy the book, of course, which is really good. But criteria for being a decent courier driver. One, loves waiting. <laughs> well, well, tolerance is key. Uh, two, sees the bright side of everything. Three, doesn't mind a good traffic jam. I'm looking at the M25, M60, M6, M4. Doesn't mind eating food away food or army ration packs on the move. Five, can hold going to the toilet for three days. Not good for you. Six, loves a good CX deal. Nice being in the right place at the right time. Seven, 
loves a nice return home price load. Eight, doesn't mind working early mornings and then late into the evening, stroke nights. Nine, zero social life or avoiding the missing stroke kids is a bonus. <laughs> and number 10, loves the open road and being his own boss, to a degree. You're only your own boss, um, you only boss is the green and how much you want need to make. So, but I thought that was really quite cool. I think there's some solid points on there and some quite humorous ones too. So, Mad Maestro, thanks very much for the um, comment. Love to see you on the channel. Um, also, a question at you guys. Tiffy So Cornwall says, Pete, please, 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 can you make some more Life on the Road videos? Because he says, I'm sure that's what the people would like to say. Guys, do you want to see some more Life on the Road videos? Yes, I know. It's a straight answer. I, the truth of the matter is, Tiffy, a lot of my days are fairly mundane. You know, they kind of, but then having said that, it's mundane and mundane, isn't it? And the problem is also, and it takes a long time to shoot those videos because you have to whack them all together. But that's all right. That's fine. I can do that. Um, and the, the, the thing is, you don't know at the start of the day whether it's going to be something wow or something terrible or just like, yeah, pick up some pallets, drive it here, drop them off, pick up some pallets, drive it here, drop them off. But I'll bear that in mind, mate. I will. I'll see what we can do. See if we can wish up a few more. Uh, yeah, if, if you like, if you guys want to see, just give me a yes and I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And finally, um, we are on it. So Pete, where do you get your retro t-shirts from? Quint shark fishing. Come on, that one's easy. That's shark fishing. I'm in the clues there, isn't it, really? A film about, it's a film about three men that go on a boat trip. They drink, they laugh, they sing, and they exchange stories. Stories. One of them learns macrame. Um... It's a firm, it's, I've done a video on this. It's a firm called Last Exit to Nowhere. My cousin Daniel is a cameraman, got me in on these. And they're just, it's an English firm and they're not massive, but they're not retro t-shirts per se. They're more like, what they do is they take a part of the movie, like a really obscure part of the movie, like the bar that they drink in or the name of the spaceship or, um, I don't know, like um, in, in Blade Runner, it, it's the Chinese that he's, he's eating at when the ship lands at the beginning. And they, they do that on a T-shirt, which I think is quite amusing and quite clever, like, you know, so... But yeah, it's called Last Exit Nowhere. I highly recommend it. Good T-shirt. Cotton, 100% cotton. They normally cost about a score, which isn't too dear. They fit well. I've got the hoodies as well. Hoodie here. Also, says Quince. It's my wife's favourite film. Um, but yeah, good, good firm. Please, endorse them. I get nothing, but actually I say that. No, they gave me 20% off one of my Christmas orders, so. Every little else. Right, so, um, this week, going to do a bit more on a speed awareness course, because I went on that speed awareness course two weeks ago and we got some more responses to it. So, um, yeah, I thought we'd, you know, we'll follow up on that one. Uh, David Johnson says, okay, head above the parapet now. I ain't that old, although I look it. I used to present the courses. David, I've got nothing against the people that present these courses. They, I mean, I've been on them before. The first one I went on, there was two of them. Um, one of them was quite a card. It was quite, I mean, it was quite funny. It was almost like, you know, he was, he was, and he was very laid back attitude. He said, look, we're going to tell you what to do. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. It makes no difference to me. I ain't the one getting the points. And I thought, well, you, I always like it when people don't give the hard sell. If someone says, this is brilliant, it's fantastic, you must take it, it's fantastic, it's brilliant, you go, what's wrong with it? If someone says, here it is, buy it if you like, don't if you don't, you're like, oh. My mate Bradley used to have a thing, he used to do the Argos returns uh, on the market. And people would, like kettles, edge trimmers, all that kind of stuff. And people would come up to him and go, does it work? And he used to go, no. And then they'd look at him blankly and then buy it. 
I imagine it's like the, 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 the blank look was a time enough for him to actually decide from the head that I've just asked a really stupid question, feel silly, and then buy the kettle. But, um, yeah, no, I've got no problem with you guys. Um, the, the guy I had, like I say, he tried his hardest. He wasn't a natural. Fair play to him, like, you know, everyone's got a living. Uh, Hong Kong Fui says, nobody wants to do speed awareness courses, but it's the lesser of two evils. Pay the fee or pay more insurance for the next five years. Yeah, that's it. And you get, like I say, you get re-educated as well. But although I've got to say this time, disappointingly, it was a little bit like revision. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got that bit wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, HGV Matt says, I drive an Arctic and have to go in and around London. We've done a lot of this on London, you know, because it's not just the speed, it's also the box junctions, it's the red light cameras, it's the, you know, it's about the wrong lane, all this kind of stuff. He says, I drive an Arctic and had to go in and around London all week. Three times I had cars cut in front of me at the last minute and nicked the gap I needed to avoid being in a box junction. Now, I've done that before. You, you know you, your box junction's clear, so you're going ahead, and just as you're halfway through the box junction, the geezer comes out from the left and rips in and you're like, oh, brilliant. So if those lights change now, my, my, my back end is hanging in the box junction, and that's £60, fine, £80, more fine for me. But he said, um, he said, I always save dash cam footage with some evidence. Probably wouldn't help the case, though. It drives you all mad. Yeah, we had a problem this week. Um, we haven't got dash cam footage because we haven't got dash cam. Not yet, anyway. Um, uh, there was a shutdown on the M25, and one of our drivers, who's in a Euro 5, got diverted into London. 500 quid. For driving into London without like the DVS and everything ahead of time, but we're gonna to have to say, Look, the M25 was shut and he followed diversion. I don't know if we'll win or not. I'll let you know, 500 quid that's like a day wiped out. Um, M4 Productions, a uh, high peak, great video, thanks, M4. Um, totally agree with all these box junctions and cameras, right, left turn signs. He's the same kind of thing, like he said, I take my hats off to um, off. To the day drivers, as an agency driver myself, strictly doing nights, preferably M4 and M1 runs as far out of London as I can and come back when everyone's asleep. I spoke to someone else about this uh, during the week. I said, the thing about London, he said, well, I work late. I said, well, there's not that much work on exchange late. I said, but the thing about London, it was my mate Franz had to do the, um, he did the COVID testing in London. He said, I was sitting at 10 o'clock at night and I had to pick up a light, you know, at Brighton at 11. So you're about to do the next one on the box set and you realise you've got to go to work. He said, but the thing is, it's all clear. The roads are clear, and London by night is beautiful. I remember there was one time when I was in a Luton van, I was coming out by St Paul's, and it was a black, it was a clear night sky about, I don't know, eight, nine o'clock at night, so it must have been in the winter, full moon over St Paul's, and I was like, that's just magical, that's just lovely. And you do get to see magical sights, I've said that before, it's not always um, what you, where you expect they were, my mate, so that St Paul's is pretty impressive, isn't it? But there used to be some rubbish ones too. Um, Ron White. It says, uh, when the overhead variable speed, because uh, you know like they've got speed cameras on the motorway, when the overhead variable speed sign changed, you get less than one minute before the cameras become live. You get, sorry, you get one minute before the cameras come live again. So what he's saying is, if it flicks from 50 to 40 and you pass it at 50, you can't get done because it's just flicked over. It's be the people that are like, you know, 500 yards back that have got to face it, and they can see the sign, so they should slow down. Well, that wasn't the problem I had. The problem I had, and I've had it this week as well, when you can see the gantries, I can see three gantries up ahead. This one says 50, this one says 40, and the one up ahead of that has got a national speed limit apply sign on it, and there's no traffic between all of them. And I'm like, guys, you guys in the computer system that are flicking across these gantries have really got to get clever about this, because if you weren't looking... You could sail right through that. Look at 50. 
look at um, National Speed Limit Applies, miss the 41 and get done on a camera. And it's, it's easy enough to do. I mean, you should pay attention to your driving, obviously, but again, it's easy enough to do. Um, Dale Steele says, personally, I think speeding an HGV should be dealt with more severely simply because of the damage they can cause. I see Arctic drivers on their mobile phones and think it should be an instant ban from driving. I believe it probably is. If you get caught on your mobile phone while driving, I think it's now £200 fine and six points on your licence. And if you're in an Arctic, and, and um, Urban Trucker said this, I don't know if I got this one on this one, I might come out on tomorrow's one. He said that if you're caught and it's dangerous, you'll be up, they'll drag you for the traffic commissioner. So it's not quite as straightforward as the fact that we get the same points as everybody else. If they if they liable if they if they deem you to be doing something because you, you you're driving a forty four ton truck you can do a lot of damage with that. Um, yeah, if they liable if they if they deem you as being dangerous they can they imprison you they can do so yeah. <coughs> um, why is that there? Ah yes, of course we're on that one. Right, so that was a speed awareness course, isn't it? Because like I say, we're going to jump um, the Euro five Euro six. And we'll go on to trucks. And like I say, we'll do Euro 5, Euro 6 tomorrow. Um, M4 Productions again, because we're talking about what's the best truck to drive this, because I can't really comment. Although, because I've only ever driven a DAFR on Iveco. He says, Volvos are great trucks when it comes to um, the FH and the FM. You really feel like premium, but uh, the Volvo FLs don't, um, not so great. He said, You only tend to get them in rigid and you avoid them unless you want knee pain because the knee goes up and down and there's a cup holder that keeps banging into you. Um, personally, I prefer DAFs to Mercs. I find the steering smoother on DAFs. On the subject of automatics, it's really hit and miss. I've driven DAF CFs that fly through roundabouts from when the light goes green, and some CFs that hardly move from green. I presume that all you do um, with, with the spec is, is to do with the ECU settings. Yeah, I don't know, mate, to be honest with you. Um, <coughs> the one thing, the reason I think I'm, I've said oh, I quite like DAFs, is when we started buying trucks, I was when we're looking to buy trucks, I'm driving down the motorway and I look the other way to see what trucks are going past me and it goes like this DAF, DAF, Volvo, DAF, Scania, DAF, 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 Mercedes. It's like that. Um, it's about two to one or one, one to one. There's one DAF for every other maker truck, which makes me think, it's like the Ford thing, it's the transit thing. They might not be the greatest motors in the world, but there's plenty of them, and if there's plenty of them, that means there's plenty of parts when they break down. So that's kind of why I went for the DAFs, you know? And my mechanic rates them. And I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've been driving around in one for two years' time, and that is absolutely lovely. She's great, I love the motor. Um, Comrade Bismarck, on the, on the subject of sleeping out in a truck, he says, I always sleep in the truck, £89, that's my profit for the day. Just um, stop on some truck spot, get some showers and get a wash up. If you don't want to pay the truck parking, go to the lay-by nearest at least. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying, mate. I mean, in fairness, well, most of the time I stayed out in the lorry was during the lockdown. And during the lockdown, you could get a bed for the night for between 30 and 42 quid. And when you bear in mind that if you're at the truck stop, it's £28 with tea. And it's like £28 with tea or £35 without tea, but I get a bed, a shower, a telly. I'm like, well, I can live on a sandwich and um, I'm going to go there. And also, because I'm kind of owner driver, my profit for the day is more. So I can actually afford that little bit of luxury. And also, because I don't do it all the time. You think, well, look, I'm going to. And I also, I mean, I don't like sleeping in the lorry. I've slept in the lorry several times. But um, I would always say I'd do it on day one. On day two, by day two, I'm starting to get... And you never... You, I also don't think... I mean, also, 
keep trying to defend myself here, don't I? It's not the same as having like a class one where you've got the nice big bed and you can stand up and have a strip wash. With mine, I'm kind of doing this thing, like, da, 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 and then I click that and that goes there and boom and that goes down there. And once you're in, you can't get out. And it's not quite the same level. I think if I had a better truck, not a better truck, because there's nothing wrong with Alice, if I had a different truck with a proper bed, like an 18 ton or, you know, and, and space to stand up and all that, I'd be much more likely to stay in it. Which we'll see. Uh, Andy Darwin says, um, I work for a big haulage firm. Uh, the day drives class one and class two um, all day out with loads of drop. How do you make it pay with two jobs and knock? Um, this is something else that's come up recently. And James Ford goes on. And this is a, a, a follow-up comment. He says, these idiots running 44-ton Arctics for £500 per day is absolute madness. The thing is... And I was speaking to my mate Ian about this, and he runs three, he, he works out of our yard, and he's a lovely guy, I really like him. He shares my mechanic, that's how I, I bumped into my mechanic. And um, he's running three Arctics now, he was running four. He said, but I got tired of having drivers that couldn't drive. And he said, um, he told me what he's making, and I kind of went, Really? And they don't make that much. I think for shipping a trailer, you probably get, as I understand, it could be wrong here, I normally am, um, between five and 700 quid for moving a trailer. So he said, but he said, the thing is, and I get this, because sometimes I do it in my lorry. So you don't get the, you know, you don't get the um, the, the, the thing. Whereas the, what you do is I go down to Perfleet, pick up a trailer, drive it to Coventry, drop it off. That's it. He said, and then what they'll do is they'll say, you've got one for the morning, so I'll go down to Perfleet again, pick up another trailer, drive it to Bristol, start getting to Bristol about two o'clock, I think he starts early, park up, watch me telly, put my feet up, have a relax, go to bed in the morning, drop it off in Bristol, and it's back to Perfleet. So they're not making fortunes, but there's not so much aggravation. When we're doing the two jobs, and not, I mean, I had Harry on, bless him, he was, he, he was on site for half an hour, even just trying to get through the gate, he was going out at the night time. We get a lot more grief. So it's kind of like, well, I'm here, I can't find the place, I found the place, it's not ready, it's not there, okay, we've got it on, I can't find it, oh, they, they told me that the place I'm going to is somewhere else. It's not like just click and go. You know, and you're going to get loaded. Is it forked on? Is it handball? The next one. Is it going to be? Is it going to be off on a tail lift? It's not quite as just like there's your trailer. But having said that, they do. I think the money that some of these Arctics are going. I think I remember my mate Will on them. Um, he was our old mechanic. He's a friend of mine. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Um, and he said, yeah, the mate, he used to ship trailers in Amazon. So it'd be like from Luton to Amazon. And they wanted to pay him like 200 quid or something like that, 180 pounds. At which point I've gone, what? For moving like 24 pallets, they want to pay 180 quid. So that's what they pay. I went, oh, that's not good, is it? He said, well, they don't pay waiting time. It was four hours getting into Amazon the other day. I went, if that was me, I'd flog the Arctic, flog the trainer and buy a small van. You don't need that kind of grief for that kind of money. But what I have learned in life is people you people will work for whatever they're prepared to work for. And if you can find someone who's going to do it, you're going to let them do it. As my mate David Chris says, there's plenty of work for those who work for nothing. But to me, I just went, I can't see how... I mean, obviously, normally, obviously, presumably, his normal day is pick up a trailer in Luton, pick it up at 9 o'clock in the morning, have it at Amazon in Milton Keynes at, like, quarter to 10, get out of it at quarter to 11. Okay, 180 pounds. That's all right, isn't it? You know, but um, it's got to go smoothly. I would say, they don't pay waiting time. Even taxis get waiting time. Hmm. Right. Now, the wise guys. So these are the questions that you asked that I couldn't answer. So what we got coming on here. Um, someone asked about the VAT and the mileage and all that kind of stuff. Hong Kong Thuy says you can't claim VAT off fuel if you claim mileage. Once again, don't really know what that means. I've got a fuel card. I just hand it over. Um, Al's been sorting out accounts and all that stuff this week, so that's kind of good to know they're in place. Um, but, um, yeah, so I hope that answers your question. So the nefarious Steve Campbell says, Oh, Newcastle is not getting a clean air zone. They decided against it. Instead, they reduced road space in Gateshead, leading to Tyne Bridge, and the Tyne Tunnel is now free-flowing instead of needing to stop and pay tolls. So it's more like Dartford. So presumably what they're trying to do is increase the flow of traffic so it's not sitting there with the engines running, pumping out all that horrible stuff like, you know? Um, and embraces the pallet network doesn't like so I was trying to work out how the pallet network lies I'm still trying to get my head around it he said if you have 10 pallets to collect then the lorry collecting doesn't drive all over the country to re- delivers it yeah because this does make perfect sense of course it does um, it goes to a hub then your two pallets go to Wales on a night truck, say Cardiff. Two pallets go to Newcastle on a different lorry in Gateshead. The next morning they get loaded onto lorries doing multi-drops. You can't get charged for an 18-tonne to deliver. That makes, you know, I assume that's how it works. What I can't work out is how they do it so cheap. I mean, I, th- I think the cost of shipping a pallet is like between 40 and £60 a pallet. So that pallet's got to get, you've got to have someone to go and pick it up, then take it to the hub, then load it on another truck. This thing I'll go from like London to Newcastle, where it gets to another hub, where it gets unloaded, and then it gets loaded on another hub, another truck, where it gets dropped off. So there's one, two, there's three lorries involved, plus firms, and they're all doing this for 40 quid a pop. Are they making money? That doesn't sound like a lot of dough to me. Obviously they are, because they're thriving. But I, I can't crunch my way through the numbers on that one. I find that frightening. Uh, Van on the Run says, so... Am I right in reading that the pallet... Oh, it's gone back to the pallet network again. A pallet network's work on a fixed price, a bit like putting a stamp on a letter. I would have thought a pallet network would be the answer, assuming that, because this is a guy who was trying to work out how to get stuff out of Heathrow going... It was Ash, wasn't it, I think? It might be someone else. Trying to get stuff, picking up out of Heathrow. And it might be a run, it might not be a regular run, and we said pallet network's probably the way forward. Is it as straightforward as moving the pallet is 40 quid? Or is it... It depends where it's going. Surely it's got to be where it's going. Please, you guys that know much better than me, pretty much everyone, please enlighten me. I'm just curious. Uh, right, long one from the Urban Trucker. 
uh, we mentioned him earlier, um, he said, on the subject of what people do, yes, because guys said, what do we do during the quiet months? So what do people do during the quiet months? Uh, on January and February, I get nearly all my MOTs with big service and the maintenance done on my trucks and trailers and try to get all the MOTs done as well this time as it saves the vehicle downtime during the busy times of the year. Makes perfect sense. Uh, the comment about what make a truck to operate, I always say the make a vehicle you want to run, you run the vehicle you want to run. I want to run a Merc. I just like Mercs. I used to have a Merc Sprinter. I liked it, and I've seen Harry's, and it's got a, a control panel that looks like something at Space 1999. It's all one of them. Showing your age there, Peter. I remember when Space 1999 was in the future. It's 2021. <laughs> it's been out of date by 22 years. I'm getting old. Um... Right, yeah, run whichever truck you want to run, like, you know. He says, unless, of course, you have to drive one for a certain employer, there's a big difference in driving a truck to yourself and driving one for someone else. Yeah, there is that thing I said before. It's like, you may find, I said, start, if people are starting on the East Stage, start in the van you've got. Don't go out and buy a van. Just start, if your van is good and it's reliable, use it, because you might be running for a week, and a guy might pull you in and go, look, we need you every day, but we really need a fridge van, but we nearly need a flatbed, but we really need a, 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 a like a, a small van, not a bigger, and then you've done all the money, realise a week into it you found a customer and you got the wrong mower so yeah I get that though but you get drive though you're going to the way else I figure it is you're in that truck or in that van nine ten hours a day every day get something you're comfortable in get something you're happy with get something that makes you smile if you can um the cost of all right the cost of operating leasing because we I actually said to Al about finance this week because we, we're kind of up to four lorries now we started Coventry it's going well Guys have been cracking it every day so far. Welcome to the firm. Um, I forgot his name. <laughs> it's not good, is it? I haven't spoken to him. I've only spoken to him once in fairness. Um, but I've said well about um, leasing. But the problem with leasing, of course, is if you tie yourself into a lease agreement and then work drives up, say there's a pandemic again, you've got four trucks sitting there, you've got to pay for and you've got no work. It's a bit like, ooh. But I said, I said if we get um, a contract, which will be my job probably when hopefully things get a bit better to go and try and finance a contract, uh, then I consider leasing. Because if you can go, well, look, we've been guaranteed this money for two years, so we can afford to spend this money for two years and that kind of thing, like, you know. But he said, what we'd rather do is get our own fleet, get it organised, get it sorted. But we're going to be discussing this tomorrow on the, um, the Q&A about Euro 5, Euro 6 leasing, buying that kind of stuff. It's come up. A lot of good points have been made. Please tune in. Um, right, cost of operating, leasing or financing a truck. Leasing companies will check to see if you have room on your current operator's licence before they deal with you. You may be asked to remove a vehicle from your own licence before releasing the vehicle to you. If you don't have room, it's an easy process. You go to the online system, knock off the one that you've got and put on the one you haven't got. Yeah, because I've kind of got to do that. I've got to change. I've got the lorry that's in Coventry is registered here and the lorry that's here is registered in Coventry. I've just got to knock it. But as you say, you just go online, click it off, click it on again. It all appears. They'll send you through two new blue discs, um, which don't actually say where the operating centre is from anyway. So I don't think they're too scared about it. We're, we're cool. We've done everything right. Um, as for the question asked about HGV license holders, now I did mention this earlier about driving offences and endorsements. If your offence is deemed to be serious enough, you may be asked to a hearing in front of the Traffic Commissioner to explain yourself for your actions. The Traffic Commissioner has the right to impose a ban on your vocational part of your driving license, the HGV bit, as long as they seem fit. So be warned, people. So yeah, what um, uh, Dean? What's his name? Dean? Sorry, Dean. Uh, Dean Steele, uh, Dale Steele said earlier on, yeah, you, you can be, well, you can lose your licence to drive a lorry, so. Mm. 
it's not so got a nice big cradle for my phone now which incidentally something else i've got to do changes to the um uh the highway code this week be careful uh, there's a lot it's all to do with like the rights of uh right away for pedestrians rights away for horses rights away for cyclists which we kind of should know anyway but there's also they're, they're getting a bit heavier about the phone thing you're not you think you're only really allowed to use your phone now in um like you know if you're in a drive-through so if you're stopped in a drive-through and you need to pick up your phone to pay for your mcdonald's you can do that otherwise it's not it's no touchy no touchy just get it all sorted off you go no touchy miscellaneous Ian Merrick says, have you, <laughs> have you spotted the highway code coming to effect next Saturday? Yes, I have, Ian. Presumably you told me about it. And that's how I remember. This is planned. You know, this show It's planned. It's meticulously planned. I've rehearsed this for ages. Rubbish. Uh, Tajish Patel says, oh, it's more about the highway code. <laughs> um... It should be noted that the 2022 changes to the highway code means that you can now no longer touch your phone for any reason. Um, you must use them completely hands-free. Also, recording while driving and taking photos, because it's a big thing people do. I do. I've done it. I've got cameras now. I've got the Osram cameras. Um, Osmond or something like that. Uh, no, they sang Love Me For A Reason, didn't they? That's not a camera. Um, Right. Uh, also recording whilst driving and taking photos is now illegal. You would be uh, These would not be discussed on the speed awareness course, and therefore, unless you've read the latest cyber code, you wouldn't know you're using your hands-free to answer your phone is illegal, and therefore the excuse for answering your phone or changing the radio station, uh, missing the speed sign, is, is not valid. The truth of the matter, Tadjish, as I understand it, is ignorance is no defence of the law, which means if you turn around and said you didn't know what you were doing is wrong, they go, we don't care. It's still wrong. The fact you didn't know about it ain't my problem. You should know about it. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I'll see if I can drill into that. I have had a quick look on the internet. It's not super clear, but it's still a bit vague, I'll be honest, about the mobile phone thing. I did have a quick look at it. It's still a bit like, well, I don't really know what that means, but I don't, and bearing in mind the fact I don't know what anything means, it's no great surprise. Uh, no Name says, an interesting one, Google Maps this week. Oh, a bit of light-hearted banter uh, Approaching a roundabout with three exits, it told me to take the fourth exit which basically is one complete tour around the roundabout and then the first exit. Nightcore, how sure I got myself in such a tangle. A week before on the M6, it sent me down a slip road, which baffled me, but I followed it, then went down a slip road on the other side to integrate back on the M6. I've installed Waze, but not worked out how to get to integrate with a screen in my van, so I've stuck with Google Maps for now. In general, it's brilliant, though, thinking back to the days before sat-navs and paper maps. Can't think how we managed. Um, I would say stick with Waze. I did a big thing about Google or Waze, saying, well, Google's better because it's got speed cameras, and two weeks later, went back, or a week later, went back to Waze. It's got a lot of things which I prefer. Um, it still annoys me in the fact that it turns itself off sometimes, but I think I found a way around that with a new phone. Two apps at the same time. I can see notifications ping up, and I can have um, a ways on the other side, and I, they don't interfere with each other. I'll do your video. Um, I have had that before a few times. So sometimes, say for example, you need to go into an industrial estate over there on the other side of a dual carriageway. So you literally go down the roundabout, round around. Is it like you know? There's a barrier, so you have to go completely round the roundabout, and then as you're slowly backing yourself, turn left. That can happen. And on the slip roads, particularly down Black Mills. There's one where you have to come off, go round the roundabout, that's in Northampton, Black Mills, or Brack Mills, and then go round the roundabout and go down the slip road as if you're going back towards, I don't know where that road is, the one that leads towards the M1, and then before you hit it, there's a slip road, off a slip road, which takes you into like a small industrial unit down there. So it does happen. 
most of the time it's a bit like, no, I was actually supposed to come off at the roundabout, go around there, because the place I need to get to is there, the other side of that fence. So now I've got to go down to the next junction again, round, back up. Yeah, it happens. Um, JRSU case is, uh, hi Pete, how about a video of modern day slavery, which is waiting time on JCP jobs? Don't shout at me. You do JCP shippers. I'm just reading this out. He said, I got stitched up at JCB this week, Birmingham to Roch Rochester. Well, it's in Stoke. Uh, anyway, the shipper only pays £12.50 per hour after 30 minutes. I was waiting for an hour and 25 minutes to be loaded, and the drive was an hour and 10 minutes. Um, not bad. He said, I, I waited an hour and 25 minutes. Not bad for JCB. The job took four hours, but because of the way the shipper's waiting time works, I got zero waiting time. Right. I'm going to put it on. Now, I don't think that's JCB's problem. I think that's the problem with the shipper. Firstly, as soon as the job pings through, I would have turned around to him and gone, right, I've seen the waiting time. That job, JCB, uh, this is my waiting time. Do you agree? And if they say no, I say, well, I can't do that. Then. Um, also, like one of the guys said, if you've done an hour and 25 minutes, just hang on a second, it's going to count. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, if you've done an hour and 25 minutes, just stay there for another five minutes. <coughs> and the other thing, oh, great. <laughs> Thank you, Mayhem. Um, the other thing about um, just because you, you know an hour and twenty five minutes, you don't have to wait a full hour. You can turn up and you say, right, the waiting time is uh, what do you say? He pays twelve pound fifty per hour after thirty minutes. It's in a small van, it's a little bit mean, but it's okay, doable. So, well, I haven't been here for the five. You know, you've, got, you've had your thirty minutes free, which in fairness should be twenty. Um, I've been here for 55 minutes, so I won't charge you the full £12.50, just give me 11 quid. You know, because you're still entitled to time. You're entitled to any time after that first 20 minutes. You can do it in increments or not. You can, I know, I think Longfinger says, after the first 20 after I think he says, after half an hour, my waiting time is so much per 15 minutes. So it's like, um, just because you haven't been there for the full hour, you have still been there for... Uh, 85 minutes you get 30 minutes for free he holds you for 55 minutes and that's what I would have said to him I said no then he said bonkers yeah you're right he's bonkers um, unknown user says Pete thanks for answering my question at the end I'm going to look at a van this weekend got another question do I need to set up as a sole trader or a limited company as I've really got myself an account and I'm looking to start with CX in the next couple of weeks? Mate, set up as a sole trader. If you set up as if you're not limited, don't set up as a limited company. They will charge you more money if you set up as limited. Because they'll go, Well, you're a business, you've got to pay this, you've got to pay that. You say, I'm a sole trader, it's just me, it's just me in a van, I'm gonna keep it simple, I just wanna run a little bit, it's pocket money, just don't be as unassuming as possible do you want this you need fleet you need to be out post jobs no i don't i don't want it i want the most basic package you can give me the most basic package is all i ever worked on when i started it gives you plenty if you the thing is if you want to upgrade later if you go well i could really use that ring them up and go yeah i want fleet yeah i do want to post loads or there's a guy who actually wants me to do 20 jobs from a day i do want this they'll take your money and they'll turn it on instantly but if you buy it to start with and go oh, i've discovered i don't really need it they go really bad luck and then try getting out of it, you know, so take the most basic package you possibly can. Um, and Christian Sutton says, uh, 
Pete, again, answers questions. Thank you, Nate. No problem, Christian. Another one. I'm all signed up now. Noticed on 30-day invoicing, it can be changed to seven days. What do you think of this? Does anyone do seven days invoicing, or do you stick 30 days from invoicing? You can change it to whatever you like, Jason. You can tell them, I want payment, or you want cash on delivery. You can say, I don't care if you don't pay me for a year. I recommend 30 days. 30 days is a reasonable amount of time. That gives another, I mean, there's a possibility, you know, the shipper will post the job, you'll collect stuff, then they'll have to invoice their customer, and that gives them 30 days for them to get all, because you say seven days for you to send the paperwork back to them, seven days for them to send the um, paperwork over to their customer, and then 14 days for their customer to pay. And then after that time, you can go, well, you got the paperwork two weeks ago, I'd like my money by now. And then their money goes in and then they can pay you. To ask seven days, you're asking for a big firm. Um, a lot of these, they used to go, we require 60 days, we require 90 days. Why? You don't need 90 days. If it takes you three months to get the money out of your customer, you've got the wrong customer. So I think 30 days is about right. But that's just my personal opinion. Like I say, you do you. You guys all do you. You do whatever you want to do. And in conclusion, as usual, the nefarious Steve Campbell says, because we're talking about where the Yorkshire tea plantation is, I still haven't tracked it down. Apparently, um, <laughs> we've got a few new leads. Yorkshire tea. Uh, Steve Campbell says... It, 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 it may be a hemp plantation in Oldham or some other kind of crushed up plant sold in bags. Um, yeah, thanks, Steve. <laughs> You've really got to get out of the frame of mind, Steve. Um, and Dale Steele says, yes, it's true. Uh, the tea is grown between Leeds and Oldham, right next to the Warburton fields where they grow loads of pre-cut white bread. So I should be looking out for them too. So the Q&A done. Right, so I'm going to record. I've got to go and do the lorries now. Uh, I've got to go and do cards and meet Mark and... PODs and stuff like that, and then but I shall record this afternoon uh, the question and answer thing um, on um, Euro 5, Euro 6, and that'll go out Monday night. So, uh, yeah, I hope it all helps. It was some good points. Please give it a gaff if you're interested. And you know what to do? Take care, take money. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.